Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Football Fig Nuts podcast. This is season three, episode 15, or if you're keeping track at home, episode 115 overall. My name is Britt. And my name is Craig. And Craig, we are back after a weekend, another winning weekend. Yes. Uh, and a weekend that saw me on the road. I'm on the road again, so I apologize. If you're getting any bad audio, it's completely me and my headphones' fault. Or um, we'll just blame Skype. That's fine. We could blame Skype. I'm going to blame the Nor'easter and the fact that I'm night blind for why I'm not there. <laughs> but And I have so much to tell you, Craig, about beer. But oh, first, yes. first, I'm going to open a beer. What are you opening? Uh, you are still under doctor supervision, so you're not allowed to drink. Am I correct? Yeah, I'll be I'll be good next week. Next week. Okay. Are you working this Sunday? Uh, no, but I have a family thing I have to go to. Because part of my story is I have fantastic beer to share. And tonight we are featuring Allagash Brewing out of Maine. And the reason we are is because I had to make a trip up to Maine this past weekend for a wedding. Congratulations to Tom and Nancy, by the way. Um, and we stopped at Allagash, and they were so nice, so nice. They donated a bottle for us to um, to review, which I'm saving for next week when I'm actually with you and you can have it. Excellent. But I promised them I would review a couple of their things. So right now I'm holding a, a, a bottle of Barrel and Bean. It's a triple, a Belgian triple, not Uh-oh. like a triple, a Belgian triple, if you will, uh, aged in bourbon barrels and blended with cold brew coffee. Oh, there we go. So I did not try this one at the brewery. My wife did. My wife loves Belgian style beer. So this was like a paradise for her because Allagash specializes mainly in Belgians. Um, So let's see how this goes here. Okay. He's taking a swig or so I can hear. Yeah, you can probably hear that. Okay. the, The nose is total coffee. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, wow. Uh oh. Multiple levels. It's like drinking a. It's like drinking a. It's not coffee stouty. It's more coffee ale-ish or hmm. a mocha stout kind of. Um, it reminds me up front of Stony Joe by Stony Creek because it's a lighter coffee beer. Yeah. But you get the bourbon and then you get the coffee and then you get the bourbon again and then you Ooh. get the coffee on the finish. So it's a very layered taste. And you know me, I'm not big on coffee beers. You I like this. Nice. It I is a like um, it is a coffee and bourbon kind of day, evening. It is. We are experiencing nor'easter here in Connecticut. So, so really quick, I went to Allagash, and they were kind enough to send me some Barrel and Bean and another beer called River Trip, which was really good. I've had that one already. Um, and a special limited edition wild fermented ale that Ooh. Craig and I will bust into next week. I mean, because they're a Belgian specialty, I don't drink a lot of Allagash, but their stuff is really solid. So cheers to Allagash Brewing. Thank you for having us. And special surprise, Craig, I also made a stop at Treehouse Brewing. Oh, you did? Yes, and that is a story we will save for next week um, because that was bizarre. I've never seen anything like – it was like a cult gathering. Was it crowded? Uh, there was at least 200 people in the line for cans. Did you actually go inside, like, the tap room? Do they have a tap room? They do have a tap room. It's attached to the can sales area, but they have lines for each because it gets so crazy. Wow. And let me tell you, it was not lack of efficiency on the can sales. It's that That's the demand. There had to be, and their grounds are huge, there had to be 300 people sitting outside. Yeah. Uh, they had at least 200 Adirondack chairs scattered among the oh property. Oh, my God, really? Yeah, it's massive. But the problem is you go there and you get a beer and you sit down. You finish your beer, you're back in line for another half hour. You're better yeah, off yeah, getting a beer and getting at the back of the draft line, you know. Uh, so anyway. Yeah, and they're opening a brewery in Connecticut, I think, next year. I hope so because they're, they're really – it's going to be sours too. and cider. <laughs> oh, my wife will love that. You know, I mean I'm just glad we can get some of this Allagash stuff down here too. So, so thank you to Allagash Brewing. Um, definitely check out their stuff, particularly if you like Belgian ales. And if you get a chance, I'll try this barrel and bean. Oh, my God. Highly recommend it. So, Bernie Hot Takes. Let's talk. Okay. Craig, giving or receiving? I will give. All right. What do you got? <clears throat> um. All right. Point blank. Are you worried about the Chiefs? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like they've been exposed. All right. So, so catch everybody up. If you've been out of the loop for a little bit, Kansas City Chiefs dropped back-to-back games. At home. I was in a, in, at home. 
I was in a car driving back from Maine this week and actually listened to everything in that game. The Chiefs have no run game. Their passing game is based on specialized targets. Um, they're not fooling anybody with their motions anymore. Tyreek Hill is wounded. Uh, Sammy Watkins is extremely ill. And their backfield is composed of an old man, a guy who got dropped by Miami, and a rookie whose name is so similar to Damian Williams because he's Daryl Williams that no one can tell which one is which. And Mahomes has the ankle sprain. So all things told, they, their offense has been exposed. Their defense is probably the second worst defense in the NFL, in my opinion, behind Atlanta's. The, the Chiefs absolutely this, – this week, and I can't believe I'm saying this in week seven – this week, Chiefs at Denver tomorrow night. Well, boy, you guys hearing this will be Thursday. So th- Thursday night is a must win. And they have got to right the ship against Denver because Denver, their defense is solid, but their offense is woeful. If they give up 24 to 30 points to Denver and then they don't win that game, they're in trouble. But this is what we've seen out of Andy Reid. Don't forget, he was a genius in Philadelphia until Donovan McNabb started to get old and, and things weren't clicking the right way. Right. You know? So I'm definitely worried. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, the same thing. I won't, you know, I won't mention the cover that I mentioned in August, but... um, Here we go. <laughs> That's strictly related to injuries. The whole Madden thing is injuries. So he's playing through the ankle sprain. I'm fine with it. Uh, yeah, but my concern with the Chiefs defense is or my concern with the Chiefs is their defense. Yes. Because they're not – I mean, they had this issue last year. They just were able to outscore everyone. But And that's the difference. That The defense <clears throat> hasn't gotten worse. The offense isn't producing like it used to. And they think the game plan at this point is pretty straightforward. You're going to intentionally harass Travis Kelsey as much as possible. You're not going to let him catch anything. First off, don't let anybody get behind you. Because they're all fast. Keep them in front of you and don't worry about committing penalties because the refs have been so inconsistent on penalty calls until you know what they're going to call on any given day. You don't have to worry about it. Right. If you're going to commit penalties, do it against Travis Kelsey. There was one play that the, the, the broadcaster from Kansas City on the radio described as a WWE takedown <laughs> on Kelsey that did not draw a flag. And Travis Kelsey looked like he was about to beat the shit out of a referee. That's the other part of it. Kelsey's a notorious hothead. If you're going to get to anybody, you're going to get to him. You get in Kelsey's head, you see where the refs are at, and you stop the Chiefs. And that's the thing. If you're going to give up 50 yards on penalties, so be it. If you just stop them from getting those scores. And that's what they get to them this week. And they yeah. did it well two weeks in a row. So, you know, I, I am. I'm worried about the Chiefs. I am. So, all right, question for you. Okay. This week, Antonio Brown went on Twitter. Oh, no. And sent out the um, the message, free A-B. Okay. Craig, do you have any pity or do you feel like this guy deserves anything after getting himself thrown off the Raiders and then sued to the point where even the Patriots couldn't deal with him and then said he didn't want to play football anymore? Does uh, this guy deserve any of this attention? Um, in the immortal words of a former co-worker named Chuck. Ah, uh, Chuck. <laughs> it's your own damn fault. Yeah. Like he he brought this all upon himself. He had this or maybe he still does have a giant ego. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm not taking away his talent because he's an amazing receiver. Mm-hmm. But you have to be able to kind of sit, you know, be on a straight path, even a slightly bended path, but he was literally all over the place. Oh, and I don't let's... think I don't think teams want that. He's a huge red flag. Teams have been warned. And this is we, this is not speculation. We know that the league office has told teams we are not suspending him right now because he's a free agent. But if he were to sign, we would have to consider whether or not it's appropriate to put him on the exemption list. So no team is going to sign him just to have to pay him to sit. Right. And he's trying to sue to get his $40 million back. So you wanted out of Pittsburgh. Right. You whined and screamed until you got your way. Yep. That's number one. Number two, you got to Oakland and you said you loved it. Then you hated it. So you whined and screamed until you got out of Oakland. That was number two. Yep. Number three, you went to the team you wanted to be with all along. And you did such a bad job. It's not even that he got sued. 
It's that he got sued and then immediately started texting the woman suing him, insulting her and calling her a gold digger for lack of a better term. Yes. And got cut from the Patriots. If he keeps his mouth shut, he probably can suffer through this. It's, it, you have brought this on yourself on multiple levels. And when you sit there and go, well, what if he didn't do it? Then it's not fair to say that because he's getting sued. No, no, no. I'm not talking about the suit. I'm talking about his reaction to the lawsuit. Right. He has lined his way out of two teams, gets to the team he wants to, a team he knows is notorious for discipline. And what does he do? He starts acting up. Yeah, and it, did, it didn't uh, take long. I think he did it like after the first game, like that night. I think that's when it started. That's the thing. I think if he doesn't start texting the victim and saying, oh, you a hoe, my wife was right about you, blah, blah, blah. If he doesn't start harassing her, the Patriots would probably take a different tact. Yeah, because then he started sending messages about that other woman that he didn't pay and wanted people to follow her and it was like threatening her kids. That's like, it. What are you doing? Keep your mouth shut. Let your freaking agent. And you know what? What does this say about Drew Rosenhaus as an agent and the advice he gives his clients? Either he takes on clients who ignore everything he ever says, <laughs> or he gives little to no slash terrible advice. Yeah. Because T.O. is the same thing. Terrell Owens is like, I want to throw a press conference and show people I can still work out. I'm going to throw it in my driveway. And he let that happen. All of this is happening under his watch. So either no one listens to Drew Rosenhaus, or he's a terrible agent. <laughs> With terrible advice. Yes. Or it's some so. weird mix of the two. Exactly. That's exactly it. If I were an athlete in college and Drew Rosenhaus called me and said, hey, you're entering the draft. I'd love to talk to you. No. <laughs> no. Thank you, no. but no. I like making millions of dollars. Yeah, for one contract and then no one's ever going to resign me. I need somebody who's going to guide. The best agent is like the best umpire. The guy you don't know their name. Yep, pretty much. If you, if you go to a baseball game and you don't remember who officiated the game, it's a good day. That's true. And that comes from a guy who did officiating. So, <laughs> all right. Question the third. What have you got for me? Um. So the third, and I know we've we've talked about this before, but <clears throat> is it? You think it's time after? If um, did you see the two horrible calls against the Lions? I did not because I was asleep. I'm an so, old man, and I go to bed. <laughs> so Flowers had two illegal hands to the face calls on yes. him. One of which I heard his hands never even got over the shoulder pads. Right. And the other one, it was on the top of the dude's shoulder, but it wasn't near his, it wasn't on his neck or face. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So that actually caused, and you know, you can say that, that the Lions lost because of, you know, five other plays in the game. And that's what Matt Stafford said afterwards. He was right. like, I'm not going to blame the refs. Right. So... Right. But do you, because when you when you look at it and everyone in the stadium looks at it, you can tell that it wasn't a penalty. And then the right. next day, the NFL calls the Lions to be like, oh, we're sorry. Uh, the penalty was wrong. Oops. Do you think it's do you think it's gotten so bad this year that the yeah. NFL needs to implement almost what college does where there's a, another, you know, official for lack of a better word, because I'm assuming he's official, that sees every replay of every penalty, and that person makes a sole decision if it was the right call or not. I want I want you to, at this point when you go and you process this episode, this is the part where you insert my Alien-slash-X-File-style music, <laughs> because I am going to go tinfoil hat on you right oh, now. All right. I believe at this point that the referees are doing such a bad job that New York is intervening during the chief game. There was a defense. There was a pass interference penalty that got picked up and it was the penalty was called. And then all of a sudden the lineman came running in blowing his whistle and went to the official and put his hand up against his ear, cupping it over the earpiece. Why would you do that? Why do you ever cover an ear with an earpiece in it? That is usually because you were trying to hear someone talking to you. There was no challenge. There was no review. It was not with inside, inside two minutes. So the lineman runs up, cups his hand over the ear, says something to the official. 
the official turns around and goes, there is no flag on the play, picks it up, and goes back to the game. And the Chiefs are like, what the holy hell just happened? Huh. And that was against the Chiefs? No, the, Chief, the Chiefs the Chiefs were, were going to benefit from the spotting of that ball. They were literally okay. about to spot the ball for the penalty when the guy came running in. Okay. So, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm going to go X-Files on you. At this point, I think the league is actively intervening. And I'm more, and I'll, I'll go even more tinfoil hat. Okay. I'll, I'll go inside my, my bunker with my tinfoil <laughs> hat on. I think we have a situation where it's possible that the legal gambling associated with football is starting to interfere with the league. Yeah, I think because the, now DraftKings is a sponsor of the NFL, which is really weird. I think the league is now watching its own officials. So I think the officials are bad. That's one. Right, right. I think – Betting is legal now, which is two, and that automatically makes everyone that's doing a bad job look suspicious. So True. now I think the league is overwatching its officials, which is just creating more suspicion. <laughs> so the end result is the officials are bad, which now makes some people think they're in with the mob. <laughs> and the NFL is now watching them because they don't want a situation like they had with that NBA uh, referee that got – found to oh, be yeah. Remember that? and was fixing points okay they don't want that so i think everyone is overreacting and the bottom line is the officiating this year has been brutal and now the overreaction has done exactly what it wasn't supposed to do it's made things worse true so yes i think there are the officials are doing a bad job the nfl is doing a bad job looking at their officials i think the whole thing is a mess and the integrity of the game sucks right now because of it. And I don't think any of it's intentional. I think it is a complete lack of... Um, so it's, it's like a, a knee-jerk reaction. It's a knee-jerk reaction. It's a knee-jerk reaction to a tinfoil hat theory. All of a sudden, officiating's bad. The NFL goes, well, what changed? Well, now legalized gambling is, oh, my God, the mafia is involved. This is, <laughs> this, don't forget, this is the fear, right? Yeah. This has always been the fear about betting on football is that people are going to get involved, that we're going to fix the outcome of games, referees were going to get paid under the table to make sure that point spreads were met or not met. This was always the concern. Well, now it's come to pass, and the officiating's bad. I don't think the officiating's bad because the officials are on the take. I think the officials are just bad at their jobs. <laughs> and consequently, here we are. So I, that's it. You, I, I you remember, you remember when we, or at least I, thought uh, full-time refs would help? And it, I was wrong. <laughs> We were, we both were, we both were because it helped in every other sport. It really and did. Adam. So like next year, do you think the uh, NFL should just be like, Hey, we're putting a fifth official in a booth to like overturn calls or recheck calls. I think they need to retrain their entire staff. I need to, I think they need to stop messing with their rules. Cause can That's we, the can problem too? Cause I mean, football is a fast game. So you have to, the referee does have to make a split decision of what, and wasn't a penalty on close things. I mean, some is real, some things are really obvious, but and can we just take a moment to acknowledge that the review of pass interference has been a complete farce, a yes. complete farce going into this week. And I have no idea what the results were this week. I read an article, 15%. The average, the average challenge is like 40 to 60% successful, depending on where you read and which challenge you look at. But pass interference challenges this year, 15% successful. Wow. And there was the, the game this past weekend. I watched a little bit of it. The Cowboys looked abysmal against the Jets. Abysmal. And at one point, Jason Garrett got very upset and screamed at an official. And you can see the official very clearly turn to him and go, then you can challenge it. And Troy Aikman even said, look, he says it. You can challenge it. And the flag was thrown. And the flag was thrown. And the challenge was failed and then later in the game the same official was running by uh jason garrett and garrett was upset about another call and with the red flag in his hand shook his fist twice as he yelled something at the official and slammed the flag down and the official flagged him for unsportsmanlike conduct yep i saw that i'm like you've got to be kidding me so now your reaction to every call that doesn't go your way is to tell the guy, well, you can, you can go ahead and challenge that. A challenge you know is not going to be successful because it's a complete farce. It is. And then when the guy gets upset because the system isn't working, your response is to flag him when he tells you you need to do your job. Yes. And 
we have reached the point with bad officiating that I am defending the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> wow. We've gotten that, to that level. That is how bad it has become. I am actively on the air defending <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys. Who that would have ever thought? No one in their right mind. No. No one. Maybe right Jerry mind. Jones. Okay. We're not going to go in there. We're not going to go in there. But you know what we are going to do? What are we We're going to play America's favorite game. Awesome. All right, Craig. Okay. So, I got three games high and three games low. Full disclosure, the high line is 49 and above. The lower line is anything under 40. Do you want to start with the highs or the lows this week? Uh, let's go with the highs. Okay, so I got three games that are at least 49 in the over-under. Give me the three games and get the obvious one out uh, of the way. Chiefs-Broncos. That's correct. That's exactly 49. <laughs> okay. That's the first time the Chiefs line has been under 50 this year. Wow. And that – did you know what the line on that game is? Three. Really? The Chiefs are giving three. That's how bad the Chiefs have been exposed. No one has faith in them. So here's what's going to happen. They're either going to go into Denver – and Denver is going to keep it close and squeeze out a win, or it's going to be 22-21 Chiefs, or the Chiefs are going to go in there and decimate them, and it's going to be 53-10. to 10. Either either one is quite possible, actually. I have no idea, but 49 is the line there, so that's one. What else you got for me? You got uh, let's three go Rams-Falcons. Rams-Falcons. Yes, oh my god. <laughs> okay, so I missed that one. Okay. So there's actually four games you're shooting at. <laughs> oh, okay. Good to know. But yes, that's a 54. And the Rams, and again, here we go again with the freaking Atlanta Falcons. The Rams are giving three in Atlanta. Are you kidding? I might take the Should... Falcons. <laughs> really? You think they're going to be within three or win that game outright? Uh, they're always a little better at home, but that game's going to be a shootout, so... Because the Rams, the Rams don't look spectacular either. No, but and that's the thing. And it, it's so for fantasy, we've been talking about Matt Ryan all year. Matt Ryan is the only quarterback that has yet to throw for under 300 yards in a game. He has been over 300 yards every game this season. Wow. So, I didn't yeah, know that. Mind blown right there. He has played <laughs> six straight. And if he does it this week, he will be the first quarterback in NFL history to start the season with seven consecutive 300-yard games. And against the Rams, that's quite possible. Well, there goes into the question. We never got into the Jalen Ramsey-Marcus Peters thing in our um, burning hot takes. True. I don't think it changes anything. I really don't. No, I especially think... if Jalen Ramsey's is actually hurt. I, I think he's going to play some, but Aqib Tlaib is going to be out. Marcus Peters has been shipped out. And can we just can we just acknowledge for a fact the captain sock thrower lasted less than two seasons in the Rams? Oh so, yeah, huh. And and he was not a part of the, the deal to get Jalen Ramsey. He was shipped out after the deal happened, which says to me one of two things. Either he wore out his welcome or they didn't have enough money to pay them both, salary cap wise. Uh it could be both. It could be either. But I don't think it's coincidence that Marcus Peters keeps it's finding ways to get traded. Something about that. So With his socks. Right, so that's, that's two. So there are two more. I apologize for that miss. That was a bad miss by me. Um, two more games of at least 49. All right. Let's see. Saints-Bears. No. Ooh. Uh, let's see. Mm-mm-mm. You get to hear what you think. Vikings-Lions. Swallowing. Um... No. Strike two. Texans, Colts. By the way, just an aside. Yeah. Minnesota at Detroit is a pick 'em. Really? Ooh. I, I'm sorry. I think Minnesota has righted the ship. I really do. I really, really do. I think Minnesota has righted the ship, and I don't see anything in Detroit that's worth a damn other than carry on Johnson. And even carry on Johnson has been woeful. You look yeah, at his. Every, every week he's like a must start, and it's. I don't know. 36 yards and a touchdown. You're like, well, or was it this week? It was like 70 yards and a touchdown. It but he had like, like 28 that. carries. He only averaged like 3.1 yards. And you're like, what the hell? So, all right, so that's strike two. What was your third one? Um, Texans, Colts. Strike three, you're out. Oh. Texans, Colts, where are you? Nope, that's actually a 48. Close. 48. Close. So the other games, you, Baltimore at Seattle is a 50. Really? 
Well, Lamar Jack, Lamar Jackson's all over the goddamn place. That's that, true, and the Ravens' defense is actually not that great, so that makes right. sense. Right. So, and Seattle is at home, and Russell Wilson always plays better at home. So, and then the third game is a game you would never guess. Forty-nine and a half is the over/under for Arizona at the Giants. Stop it! I kid you not. Forty-nine <laughs> and a half, and the Giants are two and a half point favorites. <laughs> Say that again. The Giants are favored to win this game. In Vegas's mind, this game is like 27-24. Like no joke. Wow. So so all right, so let's let's talk about that. Chiefs Denver is a Thursday night game, so in DFS you may not be touching that game unless you're doing a Thursday night pool. So we're not gonna talk about that very much. Arizona at Giants. They're gonna get to forty nine and a half points. Who the hell is getting those points? You got to like maybe Kyler Murray because the Giants secondary is basically based on a lottery. Um, Daniel Jones, who I refuse to call Danny Dimes. Yeah, how did that even uh, start? Some because guy, of his throws? Some guy at like the very first um, Giants practice, some beat writer, said he's dropping dimes. And somebody went, Danny Dimes. And it's just stuck. Oh. And all the pundits have loved it. I'll tell you right now, you know how much I hate Bobby Trees, right? Yeah. I just, yeah. There is a, a commentator, and I don't remember. I think it's the Fantasy Drive. If you call in and use the names Bobby Trees or Danny Dimes, he hangs up on you. <laughs> and I love that. I That's love awesome. that. Particularly seeing is if you're if you're online for SiriusXM to talk to a, 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 a caster there, yeah. it's usually a 45-minute wait. So they also do a show, the football diehards. It's a quick aside. If you've never listened to them, they end every show with a two minute blitz. Get one question. I think I've mentioned this before on the air and some dude one day, they pick up the phone and they go, Joe, hello. And he goes, how are you guys doing? And the guy goes, great. Now we're going to Greg. <laughs> you get one question. <laughs> that dude was on hold for 45 minutes. <laughs> Said, how are you guys doing? He got hung up on. And I think that's Are you terrible. really the Dalai Lama? Yes. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> really? Was this, yes. The, the, not Dalai Lama, was the, the head of uh, Squishy Mart. Yeah. The Quickie Mart. <laughs> Are you really the Quickie Mart head? Yes. Really? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Come again. Anyway. Uh. All right. So Arizona Giants, that's <clears throat> shocking to me. So I think Kyler Murray, and if we're talking about Kyler Murray, we're talking Larry Fitzgerald. Mr. Go-To. David Johnson's been better. I have to admit, you know, in in weeks where he doesn't die, he's worth ten <laughs> points. But there's always that lingering thing. He may be thinking in his in his head, "I'm going to jump out of a pool next week." You never know. So, and then uh, the other one, Baltimore, Seattle, we talked about. All right, so you got you got no bonus strikes for the low side. Okay. I got three games under forty. Talk to me. Three games under forty. One should jump right off the page at you. Dolphins, Bills. That is absolutely the one that should jump off the page at you. That's a 38 and a half. Who in that game can you use? Who? Normally, I want to use people against Miami. I can't use Josh Allen. Can I use Frank Gore? I you can't. Can use, you can use Frank Gore, and you can use the Bills' defense. Which reminds me, did you watch Gridiron Heights this week? I didn't watch this week's episode. You must watch it. It's a it's a meeting of running backs to talk about how they can increase their worth, and yeah. Frank Gore sitting at the table shaking a cane like an old man. <laughs> At one point, he screams, 4 p.m. is dinner time, not game time. So you have to, it's, oh, it's, man. I'm, I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, oh, my God, Frank Gore. Poor Frank Gore. Right, so, yeah, I, yeah, I got to fade that entire game. I know some people are big on Josh Allen this week because Miami is a cream puff. I'm just going to avoid it. So, all right, so you got that one right. You got two more, and you get all three of your strikes. Okay. Let's go 49ers Redskins. No, that's a 42. Ooh. So strike one. Jags Bengals. Strike two. That Ooh. is a forty-four because you know Minshew Mania is running wild. It is. So yeah, this is a tough right, you got, one. You got one strike left ah. to get the last that are under forty. Wow. They're close too. They're thirty-eight and thirty-eight and a half. So these are not easy picks. Patriots Jets. Patch Jets. Where are you on my list? One day. Nope. Forty-two and a half. Damn strike. You're out. I'm not surprised you didn't get these. It's Chargers at Titans. Yeah. It's a 38 and a half. Well, yeah, but again, quarterback change. True. The true. Chargers have so many freaking weapons on paper, just like the Falcons. It is just like the Falcons. The only difference is 
Matt Ryan goes into the locker room every day with two points and comes out with 40. Phillip Rivers goes into the locker room with five points and comes out with 10. I, I don't get it. I don't understand why the Chargers aren't better. And the other game is New Orleans at Chicago. No Drew Brees. Uh, I, is Trubisky back? I haven't heard anything about Trubisky. I don't Trubisky think he is. So you got neither one of them have their starting quarterback. The only player on either of those teams right now that's worth a damn is Michael Thomas. Although I did, I did make a big move this week, and you already know this because you're involved in it. I did acquire David Montgomery, so I would you love did. to see David Montgomery do well. I find I, I got off the Joe Mixon train. No, now I'm on the train. I, I, I went, I went on Twitter this week, and I said, you know, <laughs> the difference between an expert and a guy who pretends to be an expert, knowing to admit you're wrong. I might have been wrong about Joe Mixon. It's not his fault, though. His off- nobody has- on his offensive line was a starter. <laughs> But still, as as an expert, as a person who puts out a podcast and a person who has has been called an expert, which, you know, I was shocked when people actually said Brit's an expert on this things. But the, the field, the field conditions, people were kind enough to use that. And our friends have used that with us. And they're like, yeah, listen to your stuff. You guys are really great. I, as an expert, I feel like I need to be better than that. And that is why I'm opening my second beer. Bush. And that this is the uh, river trip by Allagash. This is a, uh, a Belgian style session. Um, so it's, you're going to like this one a great deal. This one's, it's, it's a, um, it's a Belgian pretending to be an IPA. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. But it's like 4.8%. So it's a session level, but it's really solid. The flavor on it's really nice. I actually went there and I, they had like 20 of their beers on tap. And I said, give me something that's an IPA. And they go, we don't have any IPA. So like, give me something that's like an IPA. They went river trip. This is what, exactly <laughs> what they told me to take. So I like it. Very light and very nice. So, um, yeah, so I mean, I, I don't know. I apologize to everyone who drafted Joe Mixon because I hyped him up. Now that he's with Craig, he's going to go bonkers. You realize that, right? He's going to rush Absolutely. for 150 yards the rest of the season if every game. Gonna, <laughs> David Montgomery's going to fall apart like a Lego piece, <laughs> and Joe Mixon is going to suddenly decide, I don't need an offensive line. I can do this by myself. He may even go wildcat and just say, Dalton, go have a seat and do it all himself. <laughs> so, uh, all right, so that's America's favorite yeah, game. Yeah, so – um, did you see on Twitter our uh, the the uh, football 360? No, did they talk to us? What did we do now? No, no, he po- he posted or she, I'm not sure. Please, um, dude. He posted that his first two picks were Joe Mixon and Juju. Yeah, and I said he's to him, he's 0-6. My first two picks were Joe Mixon and Julio Jones. I I wanted five in the uh, league that I did that. I'm one in five. Uh, what are you gonna do? Uh oh, breaking news. What do you got? Roger Goodell says a 17-game season is part of the new CBA talks. And when pushed back, the NFL's schedule. Breaking news, Britt says that'll never happen. It would plan to start the weekend after Labor Day and play deeper into February. And a one-game reduction in preseason. Then we're not playing deeper into February, are we? (laughs) That's, That's what it says. You're taking away a preseason game to add a regular season game, so that's the same number of games. Yes. <laughs> what they need to do, honestly, is they need to add the second bye weekend. It's a pain in the ass for fantasy football. I understand that. Guys like you and I are going to struggle with it, but they experimented with it once. They went with an 18-week season. It's the way to go. And you know what the worst part is? The players didn't like it. Oh, it disrupts our flow. Well, we're not trying to disrupt your flow. We're trying to keep you alive. So, anyway, let's talk about the metric. Let's talk about the metric. So, how'd you do this week in uh, week six DFS? Uh, not bad. Not stupendous, but not bad. Were you plus, minus, or even? I was, yeah, a little plus. Me little too. Little plus. I was, I was plus by like five dollars, and I'll take crazy. Exactly, exactly. Not like the week before. I ran four lineups this week. One cash game lineup that I use just the value plays and then use my own expertise to fill in one cash lineup where I use the value plays from the metric and then asked another site who I will remain nameless. Cause I was experimenting this week. Give me what you guys would fill this in with. And they gave me their optimal lineup based off of what I had. The third lineup was the lineup we discussed on the air. And then the fourth lineup was a tournament lineup based solely off of the metric. I used only the metrics value plays and the top players at the position, just like we talked about on the air. Okay. The first lineup that I put together based off the metric cashed. 
the lineup that used the lineup optimizer based off the metric did not. Huh. The third lineup, which was my, um, I think it was without the metric at all, cached. The fourth lineup, the one where I solely used the metric, no guesstimation on my end, because we've had conversations before. I'm like, well, the metric likes this guy and I don't, blah, blah, blah. Like last week, I think it was Greg Olson. The metric loved Greg Olson. I was like, I can't. I went with that lineup. That was my highest scoring lineup of the week, 190 points on DraftKings. That's, if I that's not that, bad. If I'd used that across the board, I would have cleaned up. Yep. Don't you love that? <laughs> so the lesson I learned was, A, trust my own judgment, B, trust the metric, and C, don't trust other sites. Use your own system. So with that in mind, we go into week seven. All right. So the, the, you have the metric in front of you? I do. All right. Good. Quarterbacks. So I says is a metric. <laughs> give me a name. And it says, well, the name you use every week, Matt Ryan. I'm like, give me a different name. It says Deshaun Watson. Watson's at Indy. He's 7,000. He It likes him a great deal. The metric loves the idea of Josh Allen. But don't we all? I don't think Josh Allen's going to do that well. I like using Deshaun Watson if I want to pay up at 7K. If I want to go a little bit more mid-range, Matt Ryan is the number one quarterback in our home league right now. He is the only quarterback, as I mentioned, with 300-yard games. And by the way, there's a bonus for a 300-yard game in the DraftKings system. He's got him every week. He's only 6,300. That's How crazy. Is that possible? How is he cheaper than Kyler Murray and Josh Allen? How? Just because the Falcons are 1-5. But that's the best reason to use him <laughs> DFS. All he does is throw in the fourth quarter. That's true. That is very yeah. true. Just because you, you can't confuse fantasy good with real life good. <laughs> There's a title. Life good. That's it. They're not real life good. They play from behind, but their sole uh, strategy seems to be throw the damn ball. So uh, I, I'm going to use Matt Ryan this week. Who do you like? Uh, same. Matt Ryan's my target this week. I, I mean, mean, you Watson have, you have, um, but he's seven K. And you know, uh, Cinch isn't gonna like this, but you know, Jared Goff is sixty two. You know, heard a lot of people talk about Jared Goff. And Atlanta's defense also is not good. Well, I mean, and you can you can even go extra cheap and put in your buddy Joe Flacco. Oh. I fell off the Flacco train a long time ago. Not to mention that's a Thursday night game, and I tend to stay away that from using true. those. That is, a, that is a Thursday night game. So, but that's just – that's not a, a strict rule. That's kind of a soft rule. I, I really like Ryan this week. If I can pay up for, for Deshaun Watson, I will. But Matt Ryan isn't that big of a drop-off from Watson. I can save that money and use it elsewhere. Running backs, the metric, adores Leonard Fournette. Loves him. He is the only – guy he's predicting at 3x value now he's 7k but if i'm saving money by going a little cheaper quarterback i can afford to pay a for four net beyond that it's guys like Le'Veon bell i don't trust Le'Veon bell against the patriots carry on johnson again we just discussed this he's too inconsistent josh jacobs is intriguing but green bay and green bay with the exception of last week with against detroit has been really soft against the run I would not mind stacking Fournette and Jacobs. What do you think? That could be good because, you know, I'll I'll be the first to say that the Bengals' defense is not spectacular at all. So paying up for uh, Fournette makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, I know Adrian Peterson got his 100 yards last week. My only issue with Peterson this week is that he's playing San Francisco and their defense is pretty solid. But he is only forty one hundred. If you're looking for deep savings, he's right. That's, that's right there. Fournette is probably your your stud use. Jacobs is your mid range, and Peterson's probably your value play this week. So, wow, well, yeah, there we go. Because if you um if you use Peterson, you may if you finagle it right, you could have enough money for Dalvin Cook. Maybe. Yeah. Well. Maybe. Cook is eight k. See, and I've got Cook and Fournette for the same amount of points. I don't see why I would use Dalvin Cook. I would probably use Fournette because it's, I'm saving myself a thousand dollars for the same point usage. True. In, in my book, now if you think if you think I'm crazy and you think Fournette is going to outpoint Cook, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, oh, my tablet's going wiki. All right, let's talk uh, about whiteouts. 
the metric likes Jamison Crowder again. I <laughs> I was wrong last week. Last week, the top name on the metric was Robbie Anderson. And if you listen last week, you know I was like, that's crack. There is no way. And then I'm driving in the car. I'm halfway between Treehouse and my house. And I hear Robbie Anderson, 93 yards and a touchdown. And I nearly drove off the road. <laughs> and my wife is like, what's the matter? And I told her, I was like, I just spent an hour <laughs> not to use Robbie Anderson because they couldn't trust him. And the son of a bitch goes out there and gets a touchdown. Now, again, I had the one lineup where I didn't listen to my own judgment at all. So I had Robbie Anderson in that one tournament lineup that scored 190 points. And that was a big part of it. But, oh, my God, I can't I can't trust anybody on the Jets. Crowder was recommended last week. But you know who I do like this week? Who do you like? I love Pete Hilton. He's had a week to get better. Houston can be thrown on. T.Y. is a wily, wily person in the secondary. I like T.Y. Hilton as a really strong play this week. If you're playing Thursday night, I, let's face it. Anybody who suits up in, in as a wide receiver for Denver tomorrow night, is a viable option. So I love Cortland Sutton. But if I'm really looking value, I got three names on my list. I'm looking at T.Y. Hilton. I'm looking at Brandon Cooks. And I know Brandon Cooks hasn't performed. I just got a feeling that he's going to, they're going to focus on Cup. I just feel it. They're going to double team Cup. And that means Robert Woods or Brandon Cooks has got to come open. I think it's going to be Woods. I'm sorry, Cooks. I'm looking at Hilton, Cooks, and I'm back on the DJ Shark train. Because like you said, Cincinnati is not spectacular in the defense. So I'm looking at using value there so that I can save some money so that I can afford that four net combo on the wide on the running back side. What do you think about the wide receivers? Uh, same. I like Hilton. If you're playing a Thursday night game, I was thinking the same thing. Denver is gonna get probably a decent amount of passing yards. We're and, so right about Cortland Sutton. And Sutton All- Sutton is gonna get a lot of well, he's gonna get a lot of yards. All offseason, you and I were talking about Sutton over Sanders. All yep. offseason, you and I both said it, and we were so right about that. As wrong as I might have been about Joe Mixon, I was dead <laughs> right about Sutton. So you like all three of those picks. Um, I, I do. I like. Um, I actually like um, Robert Woods over Cooks. Cause I f- okay. I feel like they're just not targeting Cooks that much anymore. And I know he had the concussion a few weeks ago, but. Even before so then, what, it felt like they weren't really targeting him that much. Here's what I'll say. Woods is 5,900. Cooks is 54. You want to work one of them into your lineup for cash game. Whichever one you can afford. If you can go up 5,900 and do Robert Woods, do it. If you're strapped for cash and you need that $500 somewhere else, use Brandon Cooks. That, I, I completely agree with you. One of those two guys is going to absolutely go off, and there's a pretty good chance they both might go off. That's Because Atlanta's secondary is terrible. And you know who I've been seeing a lot of other places recommend this week? Yeah. Is your buddy Terry McLaurin. No. Right. I don't the- I don't can't see it this week. It's it's um who's who's Washington playing? San Francisco. That's why. That's why. He was the only guy last week to produce and I, I was off him last week because I didn't know what to expect out of Washington with the coaching change. McLaurin still produced. He got over a hundred yards. I think he had ten for like hundred and ten. I'm off him this week because of San Francisco. Now, this being said, if Terry McLaurin is able to produce against San Francisco, then he is absolutely the real deal. Washington has found something there, and they should cling to it, which they won't do. No. They're going to lowball him <laughs> until he wants to leave as a free agent, and he'll sign as an unrestricted free agent somewhere else and win a Super Bowl because Dan Snyder's terrible. So, all right, tight end. The metric loves Hunter Henry. I don't. <laughs> Craig? Uh, if, uh, let's see, hmm, out of the I tight ends, the tight ends that we have selected, I'm going to have to go with Darren Waller against Green and Waller, Bay. Waller and Andrews are my next two picks. So the reason it loves Henry is Henry's only 4,000. Andrews is, is going to be better and he's at 4,900. Waller's going to be about the same and he's at 4,700. I feel like Hunter Henry is your, I need a cheap reach at tight end. Yeah. If you want more consistency, you're going with whoever you like better between Andrews and Waller. And Austin Hooper is up to fifty three hundred dollars. That's crazy. Now, is this? Do you think this is a good week for an Atlanta stack? Perhaps. I do. I do. I have one lineup that has um, Ryan Jones and Hooper in it. It's not a stellar lineup because if you're going to use Hooper and Jones, 
That's a lot of cash. That's the thing. Hooper has become non-value at this point. When he was 4,000 and putting up 12 points, he was value. That value is gone now. So if you want to use – and I think Julio's going to have a good game. I think Julio Jones, I swear to God, he spins like a carnival wheel to see how many yards <laughs> he's going to have every week. It's just it's the consistency there is all over the place. Yeah. I think like, he has the potential to have a big game. It's like 45 yards, 75 yards, 180 yards, 12 That's yards. That's it. So what I'll say is this. I'm definitely using – if I'm using if I'm using Matt Ryan, I'm definitely using Austin Hooper. Jeff Manns was on SiriusXM from uh, – Jeff Manns from Guru Elite, who I had a not-so-famous Twitter beef with a year ago. Not even a beef. It was just a disagreement over uh, a procedure. Um, he was talking about if you pair two guys from the same team, that's not a stack. That's just a pairing. But just, just stop it. <laughs> stop it. If you target one offense and use two or more people, that is stacking players. I do not want to get into semantics when I do my DFS lineups as to what constitutes a stack and what's a pairing. So if you use two people, it's a pairing. If you use three people, it's a stack. If you use four, it's a quorum. I don't want to get in there. I don't want to get in there. If you target an offense and say, I'm going to pair two players from the same offense in the DFS lineup, you're stacking players. It's yes. That so I don't care. If you if you use Ryan and Hooper, you're stacking. If you're using Ryan and Julio and Hooper, you're stacking. I, I definitely like the Ryan Hooper thing this, this week. But that's, again, like you said, that's getting pricey. Because Hooper's not cheap. If I want to go cheaper, I'm looking at Mark Andrews or Darren Waller. And if I need to go ultra cheap because I don't have money, I'm looking at Hunter Henry. So, all right, defenses. Uh, I I'm just I know you don't want to you want to fade this game, but I love the Bills defense against Miami in Buffalo. But you know what? You want to I want to fade that game because I don't because I don't think anybody's gonna I don't think anyone's gonna produce in that game. I think that game is a is like a 10 point it's like that's like a 10 7 game waiting to happen and if i'm right about that then that means the defense is great to use miami is woeful the bills are average i'm fine with that except for the bills are 4300 if i'm going that high do i want to pay the extra hundred dollars to go to the patriots probably not uh so i'm shooting for the bills if i have to go cheap i'm looking at the chargers so here's my strategy this week i'm getting i'm going cheap at wide receiver even though the, the wide receiver values have come up, DraftKings has figured it out. DraftKings has figured it out and they've started pricing up their their wide receivers a little bit. I'm going I'm going some I'm going one value, one stud at running back. I'm going value at wide out. I'm probably doing a pair with either my quarterback or my quarterback tight end. So if I go cheap at wide out and I go average at running back, that gives me some flexibility at quarterback, tight end, and flex. And then I'm gonna see where my defense is. If I can, ha- if I have the money at defense, I'm absolutely using the Bills. If I don't, I'm going down to the Chargers. What do you think? That's a fair. <clears throat> that's a fair assessment. Uh, it really depends only- on what you want to pay up for, really. Exactly. This week, you don't want the only place you don't want to consider paying up, in my opinion, is wideout. And the only reason you would pay up at wideout is if you're going to use Julio. That's it. Everybody else, I'm paying down at wideout. So unless you want to pay up for Julio. You're saving money at wideout, and you're paying up in other places. Exactly. Craig, we're we yeah. over time. We are. We you are. Know what, you know what I'm disappointed in this season so far? This is your final thought. Give it to me. Zeke. It's hard not to be. It's hard not to be. That team has completely underperformed. Everyone has. It's that division should be plum for the taking. Philadelphia is stumbling. Giants are terrible. I don't even think Washington meets the textbook definition of football team anymore. <laughs> the Cowboys should own that division, but no, here's the reality. And they are losing it. Here's the reality. If they lose in Philadelphia this week, they are in second place. Yeah. I actually heard someone on the radio say there's a chance the Giants could win that division, and that is not a vote of confidence for the New York Giants. That is an indication of how bad everyone else is. Yeah, Ugh. that's a that is a messed up division. It's I think terrible. the most competitive division right now is the NFC North. Yeah, because I think Green Bay is good. I think Minnesota is improving. I think Chicago is trying to find its way, but if they do, they're going to be dangerous. And believe it or not, Detroit is not as bad 
they just don't seem to be well coached. Yeah, I mean, there's no. a lot of talent there, and they just don't seem to be well coached. They're playing way better than I thought they would, and that's you know, I, I think you're right. I think absolutely that is the most competitive division right now in football. Maybe the NFC West because Seattle's good. Arizona isn't as or bad. The Niners as- came out of nowhere. Niners are undefeated, and St. Louis is oh, St. Louis, L.A. is of course you know doing what it, trying to do what it's going to do. But yeah, and those those two conferences, those two divisions are, are definitely the tops. So final thought on my end, um, I am extremely proud of the work we have done this so, so far this year. The metric has been profitable five out of six weeks, keeping it rolling. Um, I'm just I'm just very excited. This 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 season has turned out to be a roller coaster. We've seen a lot of things up and down. Uh, I plan on doing a midseason report episode probably after week eight. Um, so we can talk about, you know, places where we were shocked with things like, you know, the 49ers being undefeated at this point in the season. Um, but I through the ups and downs, man, our system has been producing and has been cashing on a regular basis. I am extremely proud of it this year, and I'm, I'm very excited to, to go into week seven. Oh, definitely. I think, um, you know, the work you put into it, the little extra added juice we put in, it's uh, turned out well. Yeah, that's the thing. Don't ever presume your system is done. There's always ways to improve on it. And we took a long look at it this this offseason because last year was a profitable year, but not as profitable as this year has been. And we really looked at what could we do differently. And Craig introduced a, a statistical wrinkle and said, what if we tried this? And we did. And it's been working fantastically. So we're very excited about that. So. In the meantime, leave us a review wherever you listen to us. Reach out to us through uh, Twitter at FignutsDFS. Send us an email, FignutsDFS at gmail.com. Uh, we will be back next week, to, uh, hopefully talking about more profitability. And this time, I will be there with a bottle of fancy beer from Allagash Brewing. I'm excited. You, you know, I hope it's good. I, I, well, you know what? I've, I'll just be happy to drink again. <laughs> I've talked this. I've talked this beer up. It better be awesome. So, <laughs> until then, folks. My name is Britt. I'm Craig, and we are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. Take care, everybody.